the drama kick, the drama kick die. Let the drama kick, let the drama kick die. Let the drama kick, let the drama kick die. Let the drama kick, 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 let the drama kick die. Let the drama kick, the drama kick You're up, Drama. All right, guys. Hello. Uh, for those watching, listening, um, I'm Ron Trammell, and I don't know if this was by de facto or by popular vote or uh, what, but I guess I'm your host, which is uh, can be a good thing for some. For most, it's a bad thing. Um, it's going to be awesome hanging out with uh, two of my friends uh, from back in the day, uh, Northeast Alabama Community College <laughs> days. Go most things. Um, hey, thank you guys. Uh, we did. We were on intramural champs. Y'all were all on the same basketball intramural team. Intramural champs, the Miami Heat. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess it will be the Northeast Heat. Yeah, so we forgot about that. We pulled through. But uh, Oops. yeah, no, our I uh, quick story. Just this is the story for me and Barringer, but I don't know if Barringer remember or Coach B. I need to start calling you by your characters, I guess, by your names. But uh, Coach B and I, and I believe it was Micah Bass, went to a uh, Atlanta Brave playoff game. Uh, uh, for the record, I hate the Braves. I don't even know why I went. I think I just thought Barringer was cool and Micah, and so tagged along the back seat. Uh, we get there. I think it's standing room only. Um, I stand for the entire game. It was a long game, and I literally could care less about the outcome. But that is one of those just grave memories uh, of Coach B. Coach B, do you remember that? I believe that was Eric Hensky hit a home run in the bottom of the eighth against the Giants. And you could literally just float. The electricity was so loud. And then it would have been 2011-ish. That's what I was going to say, 11 and then in the top of the ninth, Conrad has all those errors. Yeah. And we lose the game. Yep. And it was a long drive home. Because <laughs> we were all – it was like you said, we was standing – we stood – and we got there early. Because, you know, at Turner Field, if you don't get there at least two hours for the game, you're not going to get there until the third inning and be stuck in that traffic. So, we stood up for at least five or six hours. Oh, but it was brutal. Which I lived in Atlanta. For two years, uh, you know, I lived, I lived a, a mile away from uh, Truist Park, uh, you know, when I lived there uh, for work a few years ago. So uh, I went to uh, spring training game between the Yankees and Braves uh, and I watched uh, uh, Intersquad, uh, whatever they call it there at the beginning of the year. Um, Patchy, is that how you pronounce that guy? Uh, P-A-C-H-E, is that Patchy or Pachy? Pachy. Shay, see, I was wrong on both fronts, but he had two bombs that game. I'll never forget that. And Acuna played, but, but uh, yeah, I remember that, Coach B. Uh, Buster Posey was up and coming, uh, you know, young catcher. You told you tell me, hey man, this guy's a real deal, and he ended up being a real deal. Being an Atlanta guy, I kept thinking we might actually get him, and he comes back home. But I guess since he was retired, I guess that's not going to happen. Well, like, well, yeah. like. And Coach Maynard, I don't really got much for mine in your memories other than the fact we've done some presidential host events. Oh, uh, baby. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, anyways, <laughs> anyways. Um, uh, well, let's go ahead and get in the meat of it. Um, I like to talk a little bit of college football. Um, I, you know, obviously, I graduated from the University of Alabama. I'm a big Alabama fan. So, this first segment, I'd like to just kind of let's, let's go around the table here and let's talk about what did we learn this year in college football. Go ahead, Coach B. I learned three things. 
My first one is this is a big one, and I want ever I want to make sure you're zoned in. Make eye contact with me right here. Bama's worst team is still better than everybody else. That's number one. Okay. I don't think I think that's a fair statement. We've obviously seen it since this is supposedly their worst year, and they're still kicking people's butt. Number two, college football is so much more fun when everybody's in the hunt, and obviously the parity factor is, is a big deal. I feel like the last month of football, I had so much fun. I enjoyed – I actually enjoyed watching football all day long, which when, when NFL starts, you know, there's no – there's really no comparison for me. I've always thought NFL was a better better sport and a better thing to watch. But the last month of college football, when there were so many teams in the mix, I had a blast. And the last one is the playoffs have to expand. And the main reason for that is I'm so sick of hearing all these people opting out of the bowl games, which if I was in their shoes, I'm not saying I wouldn't opt out. I mean, there's no point of playing in the Alamo Bowl if I'm going to be the number five pick in the draft. But if we could expand the playoffs, we wouldn't have all that happening and people transferring during the bowl season. It's just, it's just bad. But those are my three takeaways. And the main one, Alabama's worst year is still better than everybody else. I'm going to stand by that one. Okay. Uh, that, that's a pretty good one. And that was on my list to extend the playoffs. I think when the playoffs are extended, there's going to bring so many more teams in because we, I mean, we all know that it's going to be, it's been the same, what, six teams. I mean, you had Cincinnati now, you had Michigan now, other than that, it's been what, same five, six teams in the playoffs every year. So that's going to give us a chance to see more teams, have more games that really matter. I was flipping the town today and uh, the who cares bowl was on. Who what? There was few <laughs> people in the stands. No. Nobody's watching. Nobody cares. Those guys were like pouring French fries on the coach after the game. It was stupid. Uh, so that's one of my points. Also, I hate the transfer portal. I'm not a fan. You guys may be. And I just don't like it because it gives it goes back to today's society. If I get mad, I can leave and go here. If I get mad, I can do this. They can leave for any reason now. And, you know, maybe because of COVID, maybe they should have got a chance to leave once. I'm okay with that, but we need to shut that thing down. I really believe it's going to hurt college football in the long run. And my last one, college football is about to change. Transfer portals changing the game. All these teams changing conferences, that's changing the game. The way they're paying these guys is changing the game. I'm excited to see where college football is going to go. Because, I mean, like the other day, I don't know if you guys seen this. or we met, I was at, we may talk about this. Is Texas put a thing out, $50,000 for an offensive lineman. Did y'all see that? Uh-huh. I mean, they just they said if you're an offensive lineman, you sign with us, we'll pay you fifty thousand. Well, how? Well, I'll go play <laughs> offensive line. I mean, like, well, do you have to? What's the? You have to be any good? I mean, you, <laughs> apparently you probably need to be, but they're just gonna start putting it out there. All right, we're gonna pay you to play for us. I mean, because you know that name, right, images, whatever that it's legal now. So there's big things about to start happening. The way they're paying these coaches. I mean, Lincoln Riley. My goodness, if you read the details of his contract, they're buying everything but his food for his family all day. I mean, his private jet access, bought his old house, bought him a new house, paid him $10 million a year. I mean, that guy's got it. So, it's it's about to change, and I'm excited to see where it's going. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I see a lot of uh, the same there, Jacob, uh, other than the fact that, for me, uh, as an Alabama fan, it just shows, again, how Coach Saban continues to just show how he is the greatest coach of all time, him to be able to adapt. You know, there's so many things. What it, first it was 
hurry up offense. Then it was, what was it? Um, two or three years ago, I can't remember. Then it goes in the transfer portal. And then the name image likeness, you know. So, I mean, it, I mean, he's going to get the cream of the crop every year, it seems like. You know, we got the, the, the cat from uh, Georgia Tech running back. I'm, I'm impressed uh, by his highlight tape. Um, but NIL, that, that's what I'm most interested to see. Uh, and I, I would love to have uh, some, some athletes on in the future. I believe that's, that's a possibility for sure uh, from conversations we've had here off air. But um, it's very interesting. It, it, it really is uh, how – how this is going to change things right now. Alabama seems to, to, to be a benefit of that, but look at uh, number one recruit that went over to uh, Prime's team. Oh my gosh. What's his last name? Dion, Dion Prime time. Yeah. Dion Prime time. So they hit the, the player, the number one overall player, you know, he, he ended up going over there. And I think that a lot to do with Barstool. I know Bar, he's, he's in tight with Barstool, Dion is, but it's just interesting. And I, I like chaos. Honestly, I'm an Alabama fan. Um, uh, as I've said now four times on this podcast, uh, but I'm just going to hammer that home in the first one. But I will say, though, I, Alabama winning every year, sure, that's great and all, but I would love just for every game just to be a bruiser and just a, a one-possession game. And I think all of you guys would probably agree with that. I, I'll definitely agree. I, you guys, y'all remember right before the dynasty just went crazy for Bama, Alabama played at Georgia. This would have been 2009-ish, 2010-ish, and Georgia had a blackout that game. Yeah, And it was so much fun getting hyped up for that game because Bama wasn't supposed to win. And so for this SEC championship, I mean, I had so much fun getting hyped up for that game just because it it felt like old – you know, 10 years ago was the last time they've ever been that much of an underdog. So I – if whatever the NCAA do, NCAA can do to make that chaos happen with more parity, I'm all in for it. I mean, do whatever they got to do, just make that happen more often. Do you, yeah. do you think the extended playoffs is going to make that worse or better? Because in the extended playoffs, a team like Alabama can lose a game and it's going to be okay. A team yes. like, uh, you know, Oklahoma, they get, you know, they lose a game, they're going to the SEC, but somebody like that can lose a game and still be okay. So those regular season games may not mean as much. Is that good or bad? I mean, I think it's good because look at it now. Bama loses one game. You, I mean, there's not even a debate, really. You know, they're losing, They're talking about what if they lose twice? Can we still find a way for them to get in if we lose twice? But I think if you expand it, all of a sudden you're opening up these markets for the other schools of, you know, like a, like a Oklahoma State. Hey, like we could get in every single year with these expanded yeah. playoffs. It's only going to help them continue to get more recruits. So, I – I see only bright side because it, it can't get any worse from that statement you made. Like, all right, you know, we the the regular season might water it down, but I think we need more teams in it. Yeah. And uh, people a chance to play more like, bigger games. Oh, that's you know, exactly right. To see it in the SEC, you know, Alabama starting every game with a big game. Georgia started this year with Clemson, you know, more Auburn started with Penn State early in the year. Maybe we can if this happens. We can have more teams playing bigger games early in the year because they they know if they can lose, they can still make the playoffs. Right. That's a good point. Great point. Yeah, absolutely. And a quick segue into uh, some ball games, uh, but I'm going to bring up Bo Nix for just a second. As we know, he started out there 
in Scottsboro before Scottsboro and then played a little ball here locally and then and then went on to what Pinson Valley, I think. Mm-hmm. And went on yeah. to Auburn. But a quick story on him though, you know, obviously he's transferred to Oregon. We'll actually hear y'all's quick comments on that, just a quick hitter comment. But so I have someone that I will uh it'll be un- unnamed for this uh, for the sake of this being public. But uh obviously he was you know sponsored by uh Milo's tea company and uh that kind of it was interesting how that went down, let's say. Um and then, because uh, for one, Milo's is, is located in Bessemer, Alabama, it's corporate headquarters, and they didn't have really a plan, I don't even believe, to have an Alabama player sponsored. I think la- then, like, they had a huge backlash. I think a day or two later, they ended up going with, uh, was it Malachi Moore, I believe? I can't remember who they picked up. But anyway, it was just interesting, because now, you know, he's out there in Oregon, and uh, I think that, that they shipped to you out there, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Milo's any longer but anyway just yeah just watch us quick 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 tidbit on on Bo Nix what's gonna happen uh as an Auburn fan I've been watching Bo for a while and you know I, I like Bo Bo plays hard but you know he's got to get a more consistent passer and maybe going to Oregon playing against some of those lesser defense gives him a chance to do that uh I mean he's a really good athlete I think he's probably everything I read he's a good teammate he, I mean I love the way he plays hard he's always gonna battle so I hope he does good uh, but he's got to develop as a passer. Maybe – I don't know who – why he went to Oregon. I don't know what the tie is there. I know the old offensive coordinator from Auburn's there. He didn't play real good under him, so maybe he's going to give him another chance. I don't know. I think I think something's fishy, and something, something hadn't came out that I think is going to come out because 10 days after Dan Lanning got hired is when Bo, he committed to Oregon. But Oregon currently does not even have an offensive coordinator. There, so Dan, there's somebody going. Have they announced it yet? It's this starts with a D. He was at Auburn. It came from Memphis to He's Auburn a, State. For sure, locked him up. I mean, that's what I read that he was going. Yeah. Well, he even his dad's not going, Zach. Even even then, that's still speculation. Like, there's no offensive coordinator there. You hired a defensive minded guy with no offensive coordinator. All I'm saying is if Patrick Nick shows up with a quack quack on the shirt on the sideline, don't be surprised. Because that's the only thing that would make sense of why he's going to Oregon. The only thing. Okay. It just doesn't – it don't make any sense. Right, right. Well, and we, so we mentioned it earlier, uh, you know, about the opt-out. So, I'm just going to just be short and sweet here. Let's just talk about uh, the, the playoff game. So, uh, let's start with Michigan and Georgia. I saw Aiden Hutchinson play that kick and ball. I feel like he disrupts the play almost every single every single snap. Um, but to me, it's still got that same old Michigan feel to it. Um, you know, Georgia, I think, is going to be a little upset, uh, obviously, after that Alabama game. Um, what I'd like to see if I'm Michigan is really what I saw against Ohio State. They came and played with purpose. And if they keep up, I think, that uh, high-intensive, uh, both offensively and defensively mindset, I think Michigan can pull this one out. So, uh, I'm going to go with Michigan. What do you guys think? I'm going to ride Michigan, too. I don't think Georgia, even before the Bama game, Georgia wasn't tested. But Dan Lanning is supposedly still at Georgia helping. But Kirby Smart has announced two co-defensive coordinators alone. So, that means you've got three dudes trying to decide which way we're going to coach this team for the game. I think Michigan has been consistent all year long. Their one loss was against Michigan State, who – played out of their mind just to win it. It wasn't because Michigan played bad. So, I think Michigan's been so consistent. I think they're going – they're my pick to win that game. 
You know, I, I I've been going back and forth this game. I, first of all, Alabama games me a blowout. So you know, uh, I'm Auburn fan, y'all. Alabama games a blowout. But this is the game that's really going to matter. It's going to be a low scoring game, I think. And I, if I got a pick, I'm going to stay with Georgia. But this game could go either way. Uh, you know, Georgia likes to run the ball. Michigan's good at stopping that. Uh, Michigan likes to run the ball. Georgia's good at stopping that. So it's going to come down to which quarterback plays better. You know, Georgia's got two choices, which one they're going to play. Uh, are they finally going to make a change there? That's the big choice. If he plays bad earlier, they make a change. But I think Georgia's defense is plays good enough to win in a close game. Fair, fair. Alabama-Cincinnati looks like uh, Maynard has already kind of uh, wrote the script for that one. Uh, I'll be honest, I, th- I think it, it, uh, it may be tied early, but – you know, we're just clicking on offense and, and, and our defense, believe it or not, stepped it up in the last few games. So I, I, I really think it'll be more than three scores, but I, I could be wrong. What about you, Coach B? It's hard to say. Since he's on, losing only one game the last two years, like they're pretty good. Like they're, I'm not, I don't, uh, who have they not beat? That's the real question. Anybody that's, that's you see. Who, who have they not beat is the real question. They don't play Georgia, so apparently that was their only Achilles heel. But, I mean, think about it. I mean, I don't, it, it, I'm not going to go against Saban just because you give him that much time to prepare. Bad things happen for the other team. But I think I think it's going to be sneaky close. I mean, they got really good athletes. They got yeah. NFL prospects. They got a lot of players and a lot of speed to kind of go against Alabama. So Who I, Who's your money on? I know you're betting. Uh, I'm going wait to wait till 30 minutes before kickoff. I'll let you know. <laughs> All right, let's uh, switch gears here now to the NFL. Uh, I was on early on in the year, and y'all introduced me as Baker Mayfield's friend. Um, that was so kind, but uh, I wouldn't say we're friends, but what, my son is named after him. We did have an exchange, um, but I am a Browns fan. Uh, believe it or not, we're seven and eight, and we still have a chance to win the division, which is insane. Uh I don't even want to get in on the Browns. We'll do this another time. But my quick hits before I uh, flip that over to you guys is, A, what I've learned is you really got to have a great quarterback to be competitive in this league. Um, you look at the teams that are at the bottom, name me one, you know, team that has a solid quarterback that's in the bottom ten. It's tough to find unless they're like a first or second year player. But, like, just, I mean, come on. You got what? Brady, Burrow, Holmes. Herbert's unbelievable. Uh, Kyler Murray, I mean, it's just you got to have a quarterback in this league. The Browns don't. Uh, I'm, I, it's just a sore point for me. I'm sorry, but we, we just don't. Um, so that's one thing I've learned, too, is I'm having a hard time, I wouldn't say politically, but COVID. Uh, these, these protocols, um, both in the NBA, the NFL, uh, and the MLB, uh, even to say it's it's really walking a fine line. I mean, you, you realize, I mean, th- these players, like they have game checks, they've got game bonuses, you know, I'm not surprised. I'm surprised rather that there hasn't been like lawsuits, you know, from the players association and stuff yet. Like this is about to get very weedy, I, I believe. And I am here for it because I want to see how this plays out, but I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw one question at you. What has to happen for the Browns to get in? All right, uh, so what has to happen is, so Bengals have to lose uh, this upcoming week, as do the Ravens. They've uh, Bengals play the Chiefs, uh, Ravens play 
the Rams, which to me both very that both those things can happen. And then if as long as the Browns beat the Steelers this week, which we should, Steelers look awful. I, I don't understand really how big Ben. I mean, I get it, but he shouldn't even be out there. But week 18. So if all that happens, the Browns win this week, Bengals lose, Ravens lose, all the Browns have to do is beat the Bengals in the final week of the season. That'll be for the division. So that'll be a huge game. But that could realistically very well happen. Yeah. All right, uh, my big takeaway, I'm going to piggyback off of you from the quarterback standpoint. And I feel like even though any team can win on any given night, I mean, it's the NFL. That's what makes it so special. If you can't score points, you ain't going to have a chance. And I think that goes along with which the statement you made about the quarterback um, quarterback mentioned. But even, even running backs, they're valuable and they help you. But even having a good running back don't guarantee that you're going to score points. I mean, look at Dak. He's, you know, they went through that rough patch – even with two really good running backs. You know, they did find a way to win a lot, but you got to be able to find, manage a way to put some points on the board. Um, and I want to I want to bring up Aaron Rodgers about greatest quarterback of all time. I don't I don't like Aaron Rodgers. I've said that on here many times. And I don't think he's he's not he, he's not close to passing Brady yet. I don't I'm not trying to get that point across. But if he could find a way to make get the Packers to get some rings on his fingers. At what point do we finally say, okay, Rodgers is really, 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 really good? Because by golly, he wins a lot of games. He's won a lot. Of, he's won some great games this year. So that that's kind of what I've been thinking is, you know, is Rodgers getting the credit he deserves as being a, a legit goat snapping the ball? You know, I, I follow the NFL. Zach knows I follow the NFL more this year than I ever have. And the thing that I've learned to like about the NFL is kind of – Zach kind of hit on it – is other than about three teams, everybody's good. I mean, other than Jacksonville, Houston, and the Jets, everybody's kind of, you know, right there in the meat of it. And just like he said, you know, the Browns have – you know, they have a losing record and still have a chance to make the playoffs. And that's what I have learned to enjoy about the NFL is everybody's got a chance every week. And every week really matters. And so, you know, you guys hit on it. It's a QB dominant league. If you if you name a good team, you can name their quarterback. And you know, uh, that running backs don't really matter. I, I've got to. I mean, you start talking about some teams, name the running back. You don't know them. I mean, you know one of their receivers, and you know their quarterback. That's kind of the way it goes. And uh, you know. If you're going to win, you can get to the playoffs with a not a great quarterback, but you can't win at all without a great quarterback. And just like you said, Aaron Rodgers, man, he's he's there, but he's got to finish. And uh, I'm interested to see if he's finally going to finish. You know, he's been close. He's been there. He's got terrible team around him. He's a really good quarterback. But can he take that next step and finish for once? So, The thing that I've liked about him is – Look at how many games he's been without certain players, and the dude has still found a way to win. Like, oh yeah, hats off. I mean, even I mean, don't take nothing away from Brady. He did the same thing this week with the Bucks with all them injuries. But I mean, you see, I see the Packers playing on TV, and I just feel like they're going to win. If he if give him thirty seconds, put him down, whatever, he's going to find a way to score and get a win. Dude can play. He's he is unquestionably the most gifted passer to ever live just a flick of a wrist and throw it 55 yards i mean and just and just his him compared to baker and i'm not trying just to crap on baker but man 
it is so like Baker just has to use his whole body. I mean, his whole upper body, his lower body contorts. Like, I mean, it's just this crazy stuff for him to throw a 10 yard slant for Baker. He just, it just requires so much energy, you know, with, with Rogers. I mean, literally he just flicks his wrist and hits somebody in stride on a, on a, on a street route. I mean, it's just, he's a phenomenal thrower of the football. And I'm a, being a baseball guy. I like watching Rogers because he throws from every arm angle. I mean, it's crazy to watch him. He'll throw it almost sidearm. He'll throw over the top. Just like you said, a flick of the wrist, and he just throws. It, it doesn't matter where he throws from. I mean, I've seen him throw it almost submarine. You know, he'll flick it under, underhanded to people, and it's he's very creative in the way he does it. It's not just the same way every week. He's not just a drop back guy. Sometimes he's going to roll out. He can run around back there a little bit, and he's he's good at finding the open guy. So, why can't I see y'all anymore? I'm here waving at you. Am I? I can hear you, but my screen's black. Interesting. I don't have to say. I know what y'all look like. Um, all right, real quick, quick hitter. We're quick here. Wilson, Rogers, Watson, in order, free agency next year. Who would you pick? One, two, three, go. Rogers. Who's two? Who's two? Uh, if Watson's available, I'm taking Watson, and then I obviously I'll leave Wilson third. I agree. Wilson's a winner, but he's he's been struggling, so he's got to be number three for me. <laughs> he needs a sensitive he, subject. Sensitive subject. And he cost me like four hundred bucks, so that'll be good. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> Wilson's Wilson's uh, used a lot of his body for a lot of years too. You know, he, he's uh, not as finesse as as the other two. Watson's younger. Rogers is more of a pocket passer, so I'd be concerned about you know stability uh, for a three to five year window if I was a team signing. I, agree. I think he's kind of short as clock. Of them all, but and note that I said clock there. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's uh, move up. <laughs> let's uh, let's switch gears here real quick. This is going to be a fun one. Um, I'm a big college basketball fan. I know I see memes all the time about oh, I'm a Kentucky basketball fan, Alabama football fan. So let me just go ahead and get this out of the way. Graduated University of Alabama, been Alabama football fan my entire life. My dad and his whole family are from Kentucky. I literally at one year old, like there's a picture of me in a Kentucky jumpsuit. And it's despite like the 95 through 98 run, Kentucky went and just been great. Uh, I'm sorry, just great after that from like 2000 to, you know, until Calipari took over. So it's not like I'm a bandwagon fan. So I'm a true and true Wildcat and Crimson Tide fan. That's possible. And if you don't uh, agree with that, then go kick rocks. But um, I will say I think this year – I thought Gonzaga was going to be the team that could just run away with it all. Then I thought Duke. But I really think this year there's about 12 to 16 teams that have a shot to win it all. And that's what I like about college basketball, right? Uh, it don't, it's, not just every, it's not just four teams every year. Somebody can make a deep run uh, and something special can happen. So I'm excited for this year in basketball. Alabama's looking pretty good. Um, I don't think they're there yet. I love Coach Oates. He's great. But um, I don't know. Gonzaga's going to be tough to beat. What about you guys? I think it was hard. You know, we was talking about making a way too early Final Four. I mean, it, that was hard. That was hard, dude, just because so many teams have started hot. And you never know who's going to get hot at the right time. Uh, my way too early Final Four, I think Baylor has everything they need to win it. They're really good on the defensive end, which that helps, especially come tournament time. Um, I like Gonzaga. Even though Gonzaga hadn't won it all, they're always there. Plus, they're loaded up and they got everybody back. I think Phil will make sure they're right right before the tournament gets here. 
Uh, number three, I like UCLA. I think Cronin has been successful everywhere he's been. Uh, now he's at year number two with his system flowing in. I think the Bruins are going, and this is going to stun you. I'm not picking the Qs, but I think the Auburn Tigers are legit a Final Four team. But I, I, they got they can shoot it. Flanagan's back, so they got a point guard. They can score around the bucket. Kessler, if he'll ever eat some protein powder to thicken up a little bit, he'll be legit. And then um, Jabari Smith is the real deal. Golly bum. Auburn's good. Auburn's good. They're fun to watch. But those are my final fours. Way too early. I've been watching some games here and there, not as much as you guys, I'm sure. Who is the only team in the top 20 with more than two losses, boys? I'm assuming Auburn, by the way, you said Alabama. that. Alabama. Alabama. Team in the top 20 with more than two losses. I got to look into the top 20, and you got zero losses, zero losses, one loss. One. Man, there's a bunch of really good teams this year. And I I, I was I was like, I'm the same thing Trammell said is, you know, you look at the top 10 teams, you're like, man, any of these could be in the Final Four. Like, there's, I, I can make a reason for all of them. But I'm glad you made the point for me, so I don't have to argue that my Tigers are pretty good this year. My boy, very Bruce, good. my boy Bruce down there doing a great job. I'm glad he quit wearing ties and he's got wearing them sweaty, nasty shirts anymore. He looks a little better. <laughs> but, you know, I, I agreed with y'all guys. Uh, Gonzaga, watch them early, man. They can do it all. I mean, inside, outside, uh, they got bigs. They, they can just score the ball. Duke's good like always. You know, Coach K's last year. <laughs> Figure they're going to do something special there. Did y'all forget as Coach K's last year? Because I did until just now when I said it. Uh, <laughs> you know, they got a coach in waiting for a long time. We had a, we did a podcast on that. And then my last one's Baylor. Baylor, same thing. They can score inside, outside. If any of these teams get hot, they can beat anybody in the country any night. And that's what it's going to come down to. Who's that team that gets hot in the Final Four and just starts knocking everything down? You know, Auburn a couple of years ago, we have a team every year that gets hot. Who's the team that gets hot when it matters late in the year? So, I think I think the great. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I think I, I want to brag. I want to brag on Bama though, and note and Nate Oates for what he did. You know they do have two losses, but if you saw if if, if anybody with any common sense on a basketball mind, if they saw what Bama's non-conference schedule looked like, it has to be the toughest non-conference schedule I have ever seen for a Power Five school. I mean, he played some absolute dogs and won a bunch of games. He, he, I didn't think they would win, so hats off. They're going to be tough out. They'll be a tough out. Yeah, I've got I've got Baylor, Gonzaga, um, Kentucky, and UCLA uh, as my final four. So we need to we need to, we need to put that in a graphic somewhere, Berenger. You got us with yeah. that. Hook us up. But let's let's run over it again. I haven't seen Kentucky this year. What do they got? What's going Nothing. on? Solid man. A lot of freshmen. They've got several transfers and uh, two or three solid freshmen. Uh, they've got a good mix. First time they've had some older uh, classmen in a while. Uh, they got Keelan Grady, uh, who's pretty solid. But Oscar Schwebe from uh, was West Virginia. God, the kid had 28 rebounds, I believe, uh, wow. this past week. He's already got like five double. He's he's a walking double double. Um, Ty Ty Washington's very good. They're 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 tough. They they really are tough. They're they're coming. I'm always way. amazed. With Kentucky, of when you watch them, they're playing seven, eight freshmen. Right? How do you, how are you ever any good when you're playing eight freshmen? So, I mean, like you said, if they could ever get any guys that are there more than one year, they could be successful. So I, I'm glad to see he kind of 
he sees that, so he went to the portal. That kind of makes sense. Smart moves there. Yeah, every year that we've been, you know, like when we won it with Anthony Davis, obviously yeah. he was he was a great basketball player. We had Darius Miller, who was a senior, who started very, you know, very key piece. Uh, you know, the year we went 30, what, 39 and one, where he lost to, or 38 and one, lost to Wisconsin in the final four. Uh, you know, we had all those guys come back for their sophomore year, along with all those freshmen. So we, we, we have to have some, at least some sophomores on the team, you know, we, we, we keep running into problems uh, when we just have freshmen. But, yeah, Coach B, mine's Gonzaga, Baylor, UCLA, Kentucky. Hey, who's yours, Maynard? You know, it's a real original. Uh, I, I, know much, like, I know you like to pick those random ones. <laughs> uh, Baylor, Duke, Gonzaga, Auburn. Uh, you know, if you look, don't look at the top three in the polls right now because that may be my first three and then Auburn. Huh. Shock me. Hey, all right, so, Tram, I got one for you since you're a Kentucky guy. I don't know if many people – if you don't follow college hoops, you might not know, but Chris Mack at Louisville has loved and has truly embraced throwing shade at Calipari for them not coming to yeah. – they didn't come to the Yum Center. Was it last year, the year before last? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'll be the first. I've never liked Calipari. I still don't like Calipari, and that has nothing to do with Kentucky. I just strictly don't like that dude. Um, but always liked Louisville. So I've kind of like pro Chris Mack, even though he's thrown out some arrogant shade, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on that subject there from a true rival. Uh, no, that, yeah, that, you know, it, it was a heated, heated rivalry, uh, you know, especially when Patino went back to Louisville, you know, cause he had that run in Kentucky, but, uh, yeah, you know, Cal Perry, he's all right. It's what's crazy. He brings in so much talent more than we've ever really seen at Kentucky. I just, I just get that he's just to me just not a surface level person personally, but the way he puts himself off as, in my opinion, I just don't see as much substance as I would with with some other coaches. Uh, but I, now, but all of his former players, most of them swear by him. You know, all those up in the NBA, they still come back and watch the games and are in good with Calipari. So I think from a media standpoint, I'm not a big fan. But I mean, if if kids are coming back and watching games and and, and staying close with coach, that's that's got to mean something. But I could definitely see, though, your point. If Tom, Dick, and Harry put me in the NBA, I'd swear by him, too. <laughs> <laughs> you, mean, you mean Faulkner, he, they didn't get you to the league? Uh, I mean, I don't think it was his fault. I think it's fault. Oh, I got you. I but got you. He got me to any of those leagues, you know, I, I would swear by him, too. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I uh, real quick. Here. I know we've only got – one minute. We're going to do a quick scenario real quick. All right. It's be very, very brief. Okay. Which would you rather do? Which would you – you have to do one of these two. You have to be at third base playing in and take five liners from Giancarlo Stanton, and, it ha and all the liners have to be within your body frame. You have to take on five of them. Or stand in the box with Arnaldus Chapman, him throwing absolute – as hard as he can throw. No idea where he's going to throw it. Which one Chapman. would you rather do? Chapman. Chapman. Hands down. I get a helmet. <laughs> I can fall out of the way. Really, I can no, fall you, out of the way. I can raise my shoulder. I can raise my shoulder. I'm going Chapman. <laughs> Good deal. Good deal. I probably would as well. But looks like we're running out of time, guys. Again, it was a joy. It was a pleasure. It was awesome uh, being on with you guys. I'm sure this podcast will form over time and mold into to something even bigger and better. But it's been a pleasure. At Mental Dimes, A at MD Dimes. <laughs>